Hi, this is Tony Lloyd. Interviewing people for many years has made me realise that everyone has a life story to tell. Be they sad, amazing or even inspirational, I want to bring as many human stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd. Today I'm talking to Roy Butterworth, who's got a fascinating story about uh, how he found uh, a lost brother and sister. In fact, um, they weren't lost. Um, he just didn't know about them. Good afternoon, Roy. Good afternoon to you, and thank you for having me. Um, you've got uh, quite an interesting personal story about your family, which we'll talk about in a minute. And, and it was total chance that you found your half-brother and half-sister, wasn't it? Um, so we need to find out how that happened, um, because it's quite interesting. We've got a mutual friend, haven't we, called uh, Giza. Mm-hmm. Um, who you know from from Iceland. So how did you get to know Gizzer, first of all? Well, I met Gizzer about 25, 30 years ago in Australia. Uh, I was uh, visiting uh, a a world conference of Cook societies, of which uh, Gizzer was at that time uh, starting to make an impression upon the world as a, as a, a leader. And uh, I was at one of the president's dinners where they have all the different co- the countries' chefs and representatives um, gather on one large dinner table of 10 to 12 covers. And what were you doing there? Were you a chef at the time as well? Is that I, why you were there? I am a teaching chef at a community college in Moncton, Canada. And uh, I was invited uh, to participate uh, at that conference uh, because I was teaching a young uh, culinarian um, uh, the powers of his future and the potential of what he could do. He was quite a gifted young chef. And he was there for a competition and I was his mentor. Um, okay, so then you met, met our friend Giza, who was, who was... Well, it was quite unusual how I met him because in the middle of the table there are large floral uh, centerpieces, very, very ornate and very impressive. And as Australians tend to do when they're putting on uh, an event of this nature. And stuck in amongst... The flowers were Icelandic flags everywhere. And I thought, geez, I'll go over and introduce myself and just tell them that I have a brother somewhere in Iceland and uh, that my mother's Icelandic, blah, 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 blah. And uh, that's where I met Gisser. And I guess he was intrigued with uh, my uh, story and the fact that I was an Icelander. And uh, the rest is history. Okay, so having having met Giza then at this function in Australia, mm-hmm. um, then what was the next uh, sequence of events that led you to discover your family? Well, I had already discovered my family when I was 18. I was in the British Army as a catering officer. And uh, I took leave to um, visit with my pen pals, who were my cousins in Iceland. I wasn't aware of my mother's story in Iceland. And when I arrived there, 
everything was uh, jovial. It was nice to meet these ladies that had written to me for so many years. Uh, but I sensed there was something missing. Um, hey, one afternoon, uh, after I had been around for about a week, met all the supposed new relations, um, I was introduced to a, a small party of people at my grandmother's home. And uh, in amongst them was a representative from the British Embassy. And as I later learned, she was there to explain um, the, the goings-on of Icelandic life back in the war days. And also to be more of an interpreter. Okay. Uh, so that I fully understood what I was being, you know, apparently... Because you don't speak Icelandic, so no. you needed the interpreter. I speak uh, numerics, and that's about it. <laughs> um, funnily enough, I spoke fluent Icelandic until I was five. But <laughs> after that, it just died. Okay. So anyway, um, I'm approached by this lady from the embassy, and... Uh, she said, hi, Roy, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, oh, you know Einar. You've been you know, romping around with him. You've enjoyed going to a party with him. You've enjoyed going skiing. I said, yes. He's, well, in, she explained that Icelandic ladies during the war had a tendency to meet with, uh, and before the war, had a tendency to meet service personnel with intention of getting out of the country. And uh, she, she apparently married an American serviceman officer who was later uh, killed in, uh, uh, during the Japan uprisings somewhere in the Pacific. And uh, then she met uh, my father, who was RAF. But prior to that, she had two children. Well, in Iceland, she says, they usually get together, have children, raise them, and then decide what and where they're going to settle down later. Unfortunately, um, you know, mom, your mother's uh, first uh, love was uh, passed in, you know, in the in the Pacific. Yeah. So. She, in a very, she, she was a, a little unsettled having to explain this to me. And she says, well, you know that young gentleman over there, uh, Einar, you know his name, they, everybody calls him Etty. Uh, well, he's your brother. Wow. And it was so nonchalant. Wow. And why, did, why do you think she didn't tell you this before? I think she was a little not embarrassed because it wasn't her problem, but mm. I think she had not been put into this situation mm. before. Or maybe she was worried about what your reaction would be or something like that, do you think? That, that is entirely possible, but I remained calm. I obviously looked very surprised. <laughs> but what made it even more weird, uh, for want of a better word, was, oh, by the way, you see that young girl over there? She's your sister. Good grief. 
A double whammy in the same yeah, day. double whammy on the same line. And at that point, I was flabbergasted. I didn't know what to do. So I asked for permission to use somebody's phone at the house. And I called the local working men's club in Knott End, England, and asked them to get my mother ASAP. I told them I was calling from Iceland. Anyway, I called back again, there was my mom, and I basically, in no uncertain terms, I said, what the hell, mom, what's going on? Mm. And uh, I said, I've just been, you know, hit with a, a balloon, you know, hit with a hammer here, and I'm, I, I don't know how to handle it. What happened? She said, well, this and well, that. And I said, well, why didn't you bring them with you? Well... My mother wouldn't allow it. She gave me some response that you should go to England, get settled down, come back and get mm. your children. Uh, I have since learned that that wasn't the case. Uh, grandmother uh, decided to take Aner as her son. Okay. And she basically sold out um, my sister, she gave her away uh, to another family who ended up uh, being less than perfect. Uh, leave that situation as it is. Um, so your grandmother looked after your siblings. Yes. Uh, their father was killed in the war, yeah. the American guy. Uh, your mother was in the UK. Yeah. And you were in... La La Land. <laughs> had nothing not known about this. All I knew about my mother was that she was brought up in Iceland. How did you feel when you were told that they were your brothers and sisters? Were you angry? Were you overjoyed? Were you how, how do you remember? Surprisingly, I wasn't angry. I was just I was dismayed. Um, but, uh, I didn't know how to take it. Um, mm. So I just basically, and that was quite unusual for me because I'm rather hyper. So rather than go off a tangent, uh, I decided to, okay, count to 10, generate all the facts, and then react. Yeah. And um, I did. I called mum. I said, wait till I get home. We'll delve into this more deeply. Uh, as it turns out, um, something happened between my mother and my grandmother uh, that was very hurtful to my mom. So rather than go into it more deeply, I just left it alone. Uh, I kept writing to my cousins. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it stopped. The writing stopped. Uh, I got out of the army, got into private life as a chef, and for 30 years, I lost touch. Wow. And, and did you ever, during that 30 years, I, I, did, did you wonder what they were doing and where they were or anything? Was it on your mind all the time? Um, surprisingly not, because the writings I had with my cousins delved more into day-to-day -day life. Mm. Um, I did ask about Ener, I did ask about Maria, uh, but nothing was, nothing was said. 
Um, and during that period, um, my the persons I wrote with, one of them passed, and the other the other cousin, uh, her mother passed, my mother's sister, and I put down the absence of writings uh, to well, it's it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they've done the same thing to me as they did to their mother. So what happened 30 years later? Well, the ballroom of this rather, I think it was the uh, uh, casino in um, Melbourne, Australia, where I met Gisser at the, at the dinner, President's dinner. And when he talked to me, um, he, he looked quite interested and, and somewhat... Uh, um, he didn't so much enjoy the story, but he he was curious. And I left it at that and wished him well and went back to Canada. Uh, I got an invitation three months later uh, to be a judge at the uh, Nordic Chef of the Year competition in uh, Reykjavik. Uh, because I am a world... Um, authorized and tested judge um, I thought oh this is great I'm gonna go back to the country where my my grandmother is and my family Um, did my thing at the competitions in Iceland I was assigned uh, a gentleman who actually was the chef of the president of Iceland Hilmar and uh, he was my chaperone. He drove me everywhere, answered all my questions. Very, very nice gentleman. Anyway, after the competition, all the judges and the officials from Iceland got into this room. We had a, uh, a set to of information. We uh, divulged who we think was going to be the winner, blah, blah. And Gisser got up and explained to the people the circumstances of me being here and he said oh Roy I have a surprise for you and he says look at the door well who the heck should come walking through the door is Ener and Maria <laughs> and I recognize them immediately even though it's 30 years yes. before and how did you feel at that moment it was uh, I, I broke into tears and uh, got up there, did the the old hugging stuff, and uh, <laughs> it was just incredible. Uh, it, I, I didn't know, you know, I I was really I was really thinking about what was going to happen in the future, but I was also thinking that Gisser had gone above and beyond and facilitated an element of uh, kindness over and above his duties uh, as uh, president of the Chefs Association in Iceland. Well, he's a lovely bloke, isn't he, Gizzo? He, you know him, you've met him. Uh, he's just a man who is very thoughtful of life and the people that make that life. And he's become a lifelong friend. So nowadays, are you still in touch with your brother and sister? Sadly, my brother passed 
about oh. five years ago. Uh, Maria, um, oh, she's she's another story in herself. That one. <laughs> um, I tried to get my mum to go back to Iceland. Uh, in the fiftieth year of her absence from Iceland, I got hold of Maria and you know introduced her to Evelyn, my full sister. The two snapped because Maria needed a sister and Evelyn wanted another sister. They just seemed to click. And even though there was a language barrier, they clicked. So I made arrangements for Maria uh, to come to Canada. And I said, well, surprise mum, yada, 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 and what have you. Well, did she not find my mother's phone number somehow, most likely through my sister? And she phoned my, my mom in Canada. And lo and behold, my mother is yapping away in pure, you know, Iceland, Iceland, uh, Icelandic. And Maria was baffled. And did you know your mother could speak Icelandic? Oh, of course. She, sm- she spoke a little bit. Very rare. She had developed a very strong Lancashire accent, which is weird. Uh, I've never heard... No offence to anybody from Lancashire watching this. (laughs) Uh, Which is weird because I've never heard of a person with an Icelandic dialect change it overnight to pure British with a Lancashire twang. It's just... I don't think it's heard of. But anyway, it is what it is. And Maria had made uh, reference to the fact that her Icelandic was pure. So anyway, we got her to Iceland, uh, sorry, to Canada. And that was two weeks of heaven. She brought over a translator, uh, most likely for the, my siblings' uh, purpose. Uh, there was no, no problems with, with mum. Um, it was two weeks of just sheer bliss, and w- we had a ball. That's amazing. What do you think the moral of the story is? You know, the, the, the whole experience, which was spread over 30 years and more. Um, you know, obviously, I can imagine that you're, you're happy that uh, you met your brother and sister, and it was all resolved, and they, they came back into your life. And, but what do you think that the moral of the story is from your point of view? Be ready for surprises and treat it as it comes. That's great advice. Thanks very much for talking to me. Thank you. Human Stories is a free podcast with no fees paid to contributors in the hope that they'll inspire or help others. Get in touch if you have a story to tell. If you or your organisation would like a professional podcast series to reach your own audience, or if you'd like training so you can do it yourself, I can help. Go to TonyLloydRadio.com. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd.